Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. As the Nationals are strike away from franchise history and some World Series history. Swing and a miss! Swing and a miss! Swing and a miss! And a World Series Game 7 winning Curly W is in the books! It's not a dream! It's not a desert mirage! It's Lord Stanley! And he is coming to Washington! Oh, great crossover. Got him. That's called getting put on skates. Down to two, down to one, and the Washington football team with the upset in Pittsburgh. Handing the Steelers their first loss of the season, coming back from 14-0 down. What a win. The show by the fans for the fans. Covering all four major sports in the District of Champions. It's the DC Crossover Podcast with your hosts, Mike Cerrone and Ben Simpson. Hello and welcome to another episode of the DC Crossover, episode number 128. I am Ben Simpson. Mike Cerrone not joining us today. Uh, He is traveling with the long weekend here in the county. I don't know if this is like a, a national holiday, but Diwali is today. Shout out for those who do celebrate that. Uh, but it does mean that schools are closed today. And so Mike went on a little trip. So I'm looking forward to learning about how that went when he comes back next week. But figured still a lot to talk about in the D.C. sports world. So I wanted to still put out some content put out a show for you guys here. We'll probably keep it a little shorter than the usual hour. Um, There is a lot to get to. Of course, uh, the Commanders did pull off a victory against the Packers. That's uh, got some stuff to talk about there. Uh, The Wiz Kids, the Wizards season has kicked off. Definitely want to talk about them. Uh, And then the Caps uh, on a nice little uh, run of late, winning three of their last four. Uh, so we'll, we'll touch a little bit on that as well. Uh, but where I'd like to start is more on the national stage, and that is the wondrous collapse of the, of the New York Yankees, uh, which ha- has been such a wonderful thing to experience as a baseball fan, uh, because for those who don't follow the game, even if you don't follow the game closely, you know the New York Yankees... Uh, it not only exist, obviously, but you know that they are looked at as this 
team of was it twenty seven rings and uh, you know this fan base that uh, they're always buying all the best players and they're always winning all the awards and they have the best hitter we've seen in a hundred years uh, on, on a team and and it's something that. You know, the Yankees just tend to always be in the mix. They don't tend to have a lot of down years. Um, Obviously, they haven't won a World Series in, uh, I think, 13 years. But they're always in the mix. And so that's why, and and their fans will never let you forget that they're always in the mix. And that's why it brings me so much joy to watch the meltdown that occurred in this Yankees-Astros ALCS and watch them uh, get finished off with a sweep. Because... I think it's just one of those, there are certain fan bases in sports that you just, even if you aren't, even if they aren't your main rival, you just love to see lose. Um, the Yankees are definitely up there. Funny enough, even the Red Sox are up there too, because after that uh, 04 World Series, Red Sox fans became insufferable uh, because they started winning more and getting better, and then they turned into the Yankees, who they hated, uh, and they're just as bad as them. Uh, you know, the Lakers, of course, and which we'll definitely talk about uh, how bad the Lakers look right now. They can't win a game. They're missing shots by 10 feet. Russell Westbrook is doing just as bad as we all assumed he was going to do. Um, so there's that. The Lakers are always in the mix. For some, the Dallas Cowboys, and especially obviously here locally, with this being a D.C. sports show, um, you know, uh, they love to see that the, the Dallas Cowboys lose here locally. But, uh, you know, I, I think it's I think the, the Cowboys don't necessarily share the same hatred for the Commanders, Redskins, whatever, uh, that the Commanders share with with. Dallas. I, I think obviously they don't like them or anything like that, but I think they're almost, it's almost like the Michigan, Michigan State, like little brother, big brother sort of thing. Michigan kind of looks down at Michigan State as the little brother. Uh, I'm sure they do that a little bit with Tech and, and UVA here in Virginia. Uh, so I think it's a little more like, hey, you, you care about this more than I do. But Dallas, you know, so some people don't, don't like Dallas. I, I get that. I think the Packers are up there. I think uh, as far as a hated, not the fan base, but the the team itself. I mean, you go from one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time, Brett Favre, to another one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time, and Aaron Rodgers. That's annoying. And on the basketball side, of, you know, I mentioned the Lakers. Um, it's hard to tell. I mean, any team that LeBron's on, obviously he's on the Lakers, but when he was on the Heat and Cleveland, like, yeah, they were kind of hateable. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Feel free to tweet me at the DC crossover and any of the other ones that obviously people make fun of, you know, Duke and, and things like that. It's usually the teams that do pretty well, but that's why it, it, it is so joyous to see the Yankees just get absolutely destroyed in the ALCS this year. Now the Astros are also an unlikable bunch, an unlikable organization, but Still, nothing better than seeing the Yankees lose. Uh, the fans here will... It's hard to tell what they feel about this Bryce Harper situation. I, I mean, obviously, there's a lot of hate there from a lot of the fans. Some fans are like, hey, I'm over it. You know, he's gone. We won a World Series without him. Who cares? And and I kind of get that. I'm, I kind of lean more towards that side of things. I think it is more of like, he gave you some fun years. You wish you would have kept him. The Nats didn't necessarily try very hard to bring him back. Um, you know, when you look at the money and how it shook out, uh, I, I think they, they they obviously could have made him an offer he can't refuse sort of thing, and they didn't. So you can be mad at Bryce, sure, but 
we all know the the people that you should be mad at is the learners because that's what we've seen uh, star after star leave. So uh, I, I, I am more I'm happy for Bryce. I think I don't you know I'm not necessarily rooting for him, but I'm not necessarily hating it for him either. I think he missed out on the chance to win a World Series here in D.C. And I'm sure that kind of was tough for him to see the team that he, you know, grew up on uh, win a win a title without him. So I, I am somewhat sympathetic to that, and so I, I will be somewhat happy for him if the Phillies win it all, because I will think to myself, hey, you know, he didn't get a chance to do it here. He's now doing it there. I don't like the Phillies. I think the fans are annoying. I think the team's annoying, but I'll take him over the Astros. So we'll we'll keep an eye on on the World Series, of course. Um, but it's a weird it's a weird thing to think about the the the, the players that leave and how their legacy. Because you look at a guy like Kyle Schwarber, who was here for I don't know a week, <laughs> and everyone loves that guy. He came here, he hit a ton of homers, drove up his trade value. We got him out of here, and that was it. And for some reason, Nats fans still, you know, love the guy. They 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 really do. Uh, and so there's a guy like that, Rendon. It's a complicated thing too, because Rendon was a guy that you kind of thought would possibly be here for a long time. Uh, he was obviously great in that 2019 season, and now you look back at that and go, look at how hurt he's been over the years. It's not. It's not the end of the world that you weren't able to keep him at this point. Uh, so I think you know, there's there's definitely that aspect when a guy leaves and they don't necessarily do much. I think with the Schwarber deal, the Nats, I think all they got for him uh, was Aldo Ramirez, uh, who was the pitcher there. I, I, I can't say that I followed Aldo Ramirez minor league career too closely so let's take a look real quick and looks like he didn't even pitch in 2022 so that's not a great sign and then in 2021 uh he pitched some florida gulf coast games and had an era of 822 so maybe maybe didn't get the best value back that was it they traded Kyle Schwarber to the Red Sox for Aldo Ramirez. That's it. Man, I've already blocked that out of my memory. and uh, I guess it's a good thing. Um, so, yeah, some of these guys, they, they leave a complicated legacy. Harper, Soto, of course, too. I mean, there's one right there where he was traded, so you can't necessarily hate on Soto. Um, and, and I wouldn't expect anybody to do that. Uh, but there is kind of a weird it's, – it's just, it's just weird. I think that's what it comes down to. Uh, let's touch a little bit on the previous week here in D.C. sports. We'll start with a little hockey talk. The Washington Capitals. So we talked about on this show, you know, the Caps kind of were off to a slow start, uh, obviously losing their first two games. Then they were able to pick up a home win against Montreal, and so they were they were one and two heading into the week when we did our last episode, and they put together a solid week six to four. They beat Vancouver on Monday, 
5-2, they lose to Ottawa on Thursday. I did watch a lot of that. And then a, a great win on Saturday, a late-game goal by Marcus Johansson. 4-3 uh, win there. Kemper has started in net for five of the first six games. Kind of a mixed bag from Kemper so far. Um, you know, three goals allowed per game. That's good for 35th in the league. Save percentage also tied at 35th at 899. Um so, uh, you know, not not the best start to the season for, for Darcy Kemper. Uh, kind of not what you were hoping for, to say the least, when you, you brought him in here. But obviously plenty of games to go. So you're not going to be too, you're not going to be too upset. You're not going to let this uh, fester too much. But, yeah, you would like for this to turn around a little bit especially because uh, this guy only allowed you know, two and a half goals a game last year in Colorado. He had a save percentage of 92%, and right now he's you know at 89%, below 90%, which you don't necessarily really see that often. And then he's allowing three goals a game, which he hasn't done in his career since 2017. So not the best start for him. It's five games. You're not going to let this – as I mentioned, you're not going to let this really kind of annoy you too much at this point. It's just one of those things. It's just something to keep in mind. It's something to notice. Uh, and, and hopefully he can turn it around a little bit uh, because this team, three and three, fifth in the Metro. There's, a, as I mentioned, a lot of hockey left to be played. They're not necessarily playing their best hockey right now. Ovechkin, five points on the season. Kuzi, five points. You love to see that. Johansson, five. Carlson, five. Oshi, five. I mean, those are the guys, especially Ovechkin, Oshi, Kuzi. I mean, those are the guys you expect to put up the numbers that you need. And, and you need them to, to add those goals and assists in it uh, in order for this team to have success this season. Um, There's some guys that... A little bit slower. Uh, Mantha does have three goals on the season. You love that. Eller with a couple goals. Uh, Orloff, four assists on the season, too, in those six games. So th- there's been ups. There's been downs. It's only six games. A lot left to be played. Uh, this week they will travel. It's, it's, it's a four-game road stretch here. So Monday at New Jersey, Thursday at Dallas, Saturday at Nashville, and then the following Monday, they are in Carolina. So this is a big stretch. It's a big early stretch for this team. They've won three of four. What are they going to be able to do here uh, on this road trip? You'd love, you'd love a split. I think if if you can win two of these four games, you're happy, and then uh, you're keeping that 500 record for a bit. Because as Mike and I have talked about, you're kind of looking for this team to not coast. But just kind of uh, hover at that 500 type mark for a while. Maybe pick up a win here or there above. Uh, but uh, you're going to wait till everybody's healthy to kind of make a push. And I think that's what you're going to see out of the Caps uh, this season. Let's move over. We'll go over to the gridiron for a moment. The Washington Football. They're not called the Washington Football Team, you idiot. They are. We are the Commander. Got to get rid of the old ones. Probably have a Redskins one in here, too. Uh, the Commanders beat the Packers 23-21. <clears throat> Taylor Heineke. I mean, give the guy credit. Uh, we picked on him on this show. 
he started off bad, one of seven uh, with a pick. He still, I, I don't, I, I, as good as he, well, I don't even know if he was that good in this game, but he got a win. I still think there is no point in, in having Taylor Heineke go out there uh, for wins. I think you might as well let Howell get some playing time, see what he's got. He's the younger of the two. Um, he's the draft pick. And see, because Heineke's not going to be here forever. Heineke, I don't really know what his, his value would be, <coughs> excuse me, trade-wise or things like that. So I'd rather just let the young kid play until Wentz comes back. Let let Howell see what you see if you have anything with Sam Howell because this was a guy who was originally possibly a top ten pick in the draft and then he had his actual season and he was not that great and obviously his draft value fell a ton. Uh, Heineke on the game twenty for thirty three two oh one two touchdowns one pick he was sacked uh, and yeah I mean. He was he was fine. He, he they got a win. He made a big pass to to McLaurin for that thirty seven yard touchdown. That was huge, obviously. Uh, Brian Robinson Jr. had a nice game: twenty carries, seventy three yards. Antonio Gibson ten carries, fifty nine yards. This was a game that the Commanders won against a Packers team that's really not very good anymore. Aaron Rodgers is just not very good anymore. Uh, I mean, when Taylor Heineke has more passing yards than Aaron Rodgers, that's when you know something's a little wonky. There's also some weird kind of notes on this one. There's a couple things. So there was the, for those who might have seen on Twitter, there was the sell the team signs that some fans brought into the stadium and were told to to take down and, and look like, I guess, I don't know. I'm on the side of, well, first of all, I'm definitely not on the side of the team, but I also kind of understand, like, they're not going to let you just stand there and hold a sign that says sell the team. Like, I, I don't really necessarily know why they would let you do that. Be, <laughs> like, it's one thing when fans do, like, the bag on the head or, you know, there's there's some ways where you can show your embarrassment for the organization. But I, I kind of get where if you're holding giant signs that say sell the team, that the security is going to be like, hey, you can't, you, you got to take that down. Like, in what world do you think they're going to be happy about that? Especially this team, with how weird of an organization this is, where they sue their own fans for tickets and they can't even fulfill a 50 50 raffle because their check bounces. Like, if there's any franchise that is not going to let you do that, it's Washington. So I don't know why you would uh, turn it into a big thing or, or, Oh, look what they're, you know, they're silencing the fans or things like that. It's like, no, you're just not going to be able to walk in the stadium and, you know, carry giant signs that say sell the team to one of the, for for the owner, Daniel Snyder, who is one of the worst human beings on the planet. You really think he's going to be let you do that? No, no chance. So, yeah, should they sell the team? Yeah, of course. That's another conversation. But are they going to uh, am i really going to be that upset that they took those signs down no i'm i'm really not uh this was the homecoming game where they had you know uh, art monk there and some of these other guys uh daniel snyder not not there and he, i mean kind of hope for that that he was not there his wife tanya was there and there was there was a couple moments with the tanya speech that she gave <clears throat> 
to the crowd. She she mentioned seven decades of fantastic football, which is kind of weird, uh, considering the team has been pretty terrible for uh, a long portion of that. There was also she she made reference to hail to the she said hail to the Redskins. Um, it's not that big of a deal, I don't think, but it was just kind of weird. It's like, hey, you're the one running the show, so and so here, uh, and you're gonna drop a Redskins right now, like that. That just doesn't to me. That just seems a little strange, and because of how much they worked to have that not even be a thing anymore um so yeah tanya snyder gave some some talk so this puts the commanders at three and four overall two and two uh in an nfc east that has actually turned out to be pretty formidable compared to where we thought this division was going to be like if you had told me that the giants were going to be six and one i would not have believed you you have the eagles at six and oh and dallas five and two no schlub either uh, the, there's just no place for the commanders to make a run in this division. There's really no place for them to go for a wild card. That goes so that goes back to my point in this is a lost season at this point. I know we're seven games in. It's a lost season. They're not going to just suddenly rattle off win after win after win, especially if they're playing teams like the Eagles, who are clearly better than them. So I think at this point, you got to look at the depth chart and you got to say. Maybe we give Sam Howell a shot. I mean, let's get plenty of work out of Brian Robinson. Let's just play the young guys where we can, give reps to everybody we can, and let's just focus on next season. Maybe we'll have a good quarterback. I mean, who knows what the plan will be. But I think for this season, I know it's only seven games, but you look at this division, there's just no chance. So that's why I don't get necessarily bringing in Heineke and trying to give the people hope and all that sort of stuff. It's baloney. Let's move to the hardwood. And I do want to touch a little bit on the Wiz Kids. The Washington Wizard. The Washington Wizards. Undefeated no more. They're now two and one. After losing an OT to Cleveland last night, tough loss last night. Uh, this was one where the Wizards showed a lot of grit. They actually came back in that fourth quarter and outscored Cleveland because this was looking a little dire uh, in in the fourth, especially at the beginning of the fourth. This was looking like I just don't think this is going to happen tonight. Um, you had some guys like Rui, who started off real hot and then just wasn't able to put it together um, after that. You had Kyle Kuzma, who, yeah, really didn't do a whole lot. I mean, you, you kind of expect more out of Kuzma. 11 points. Um, he had a couple rebounds, two rebounds, three assists, a couple blocks. You like that. But I mean, four for eight from the field, only taking eight shots. You kind of want a little bit more out of Kuzma there. Uh, Denny Advia did not a whole lot here either. This is uh, He did only play 14 minutes because this was a game where he was out there and then he just kind of wasn't getting it done. Rui was, and so I think uh, Wes Unsell just was like, hey, let me get in 
some other guys because Denny doesn't have it tonight. He's also coming off of that little injury. Two points on the night for him. Uh, two rebounds, no assists. Just didn't really impact the game much at all. 0 for 3 from beyond the arc. 1 for 6 from the field. Oof, I don't know. I don't know how long they're going to let Denny start for this team. I, I don't really know if we have a whole lot of other options. I guess the other option would be Will Barton. Maybe you put Rui there. It's hard to tell. You, you see, this team is really big right now. They're 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 long. If 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 Kuzma, Avdia, and Porzingis are all on the floor at the same time, like that's a tall group, which is and it kind of goes against the convention of the NBA these days, where you've got maybe some small ball lineups and things like that. So I do wonder, Denny. You 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 sometimes have him out there because of his defense. And so I do wonder if they're just like, hey, Denny, just go out. Don't worry about scoring at all. Go out there and just work your butt off on defense and, and hopefully get it done that way. I don't know. Uh, DeLon Wright really bad in this one. Plus minus is definitely not a, an end-all, be-all stat, but minus 16 for the night. Don't love that. Uh, two for five from the field. Um, Daniel Gafford kind of been up and down here. Two points on the night, two rebounds. 15 minutes of play, a couple fouls. I, I'm trying to figure out what Gafford's role is going to be on this team because you, you know, that that season that they brought him in, in, in 2020, when he came in and he played those 23 games, and he was really solid. I mean, average 10 points a game, right under six rebounds a game in about 17 minutes a night. There was a lot of flashes there where we thought, oh, man, Daniel Gafford might be something for this team. And then you had last season where he still provided some solid minutes, uh, right around 10 points a game. He was about, looks like, you know, again, right around six rebounds a game, averaged about 20 minutes a night, started 53 of the games. This season, there seems to be kind of a drop-off. And, and I'm wondering if... They're just, you know, especially with Porzingis here now and things like that, I, I just wonder if there's just not necessarily a place for Gafford anymore. Uh, you would think a, a, a big man like him would be able to bring value. I just don't know. I just don't know. I don't, I haven't, it's only three games, but I just haven't seen a ton from him. Uh, Anthony Gill also is getting way too much playing time. I mean, the guy's not good. I don't know why he's getting to play as much as he is. I, I it, it befuddles me. He's not good. He's he, he, yeah. He only played ten minutes, and you can see why. Um, but yeah, Beal did his normal thing. Porzingis has been really solid. Monta Morris has been okay too. I mean, you need a point guard for this team. He's been doing a good job distributing, getting assists, things like that. Uh, I, I'm 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 intrigued by the Wizards of this year. When I look at the Eastern Conference. There's some clear title contender teams. I mean, Boston has got to be the favorite to come out of the East. They just look so good. Milwaukee, of course, you can't count Giannis out. He's going to be in the mix. And then after those two, I feel like it gets interesting after there. And that's why I'm a little intrigued for the Wizards for this season because the Nets, it's only a few games. The Nets just haven't really looked like they're clicking. The Knicks are always going to be one of those up-and-down teams. Cleveland should be pretty good, as they were on Sunday. You can see they've got a lot of talent there, especially when you bring in a guy like Donovan Mitchell and things like that. 
Atlanta is always going to be in the mix here because they've got some great players. But I feel like the Wizards could find their way into that top eight instead of falling down to the play-in game. Chicago, who knows what we're going to get from them. Miami hasn't started off great. Philly is a giant X factor because they're 0-3 to start. They've looked really bad. I mean, there are teams that will likely be up there towards the top when all things are said and done. But I feel like there's some there's some spots for the Wizards. Obviously, only in sixth place now. It's so early. I feel like there could be an opening. And so I'm very interested to see, would this be a season where if the Wizards are hanging around and we're getting close to the trade deadline, would Tommy Shepard do some sort of move to bring in a rental to give this team a playoff push? That is what I'm curious about. Because I, I can't remember the last time the team was in a position where their management cared to do something like that. Was it, I can't remember if Paul Pierce started the season with this team or if they brought him in. I can't remember. It's too, too long ago. My memory's terrible, as you know, by listening to the show. Uh, but, yeah, I, I'm interested to see what, what the plan would be if this team is possibly a top six team in the East. I don't know. I don't know if they can get that high because this is still the Wizards. And that is the, always the the negative when it comes to being a fan of this team is they, especially of late, they may start off hot, but then they, they find a way to let you down. We'll know more about 15 games in. All the metrics tend to say about 15 games in, you know what kind of team you have this season. And so we'll see where they're at. But two and one to start, you got to be happy with that. You beat the Bulls. Super close game. Beal obviously clutch. You beat a Pacers team that it's not it's not that bad. I mean, I know they're not going to be some world beaters or anything. And they're one and two, but Benedict Mathurin has looked really really good. Or Matherin has looked really really good to start. Halliburton is really good in that backcourt too. Jalen Smith has been solid. Shout out Maryland. I'm in, really intrigued tonight. 7 o'clock, I know you're listening to this and this has probably already happened, but Indiana's playing Philly, and Philly's winless, and Indiana has had some moments. This is kind of an interesting game. All the signs would point to this being a a game that Philly should win, but I don't know. I, don't, I haven't looked at the lines tonight. Looks like Philly's a 12.5-point spread. I might take a look at that. It doesn't matter to you because the game has probably already happened, so you can't bet on it. But this is just me thinking out loud. The NBA as a whole this season has, I feel like it's been off to an interesting start. I mean, again, you have some teams playing worse than they should. You have some teams overachieving. I mean, who thought Utah would be 3-0 and to start the year? Portland, I mean, Dame is doing his thing, putting up like 40 a game. He's looking incredible. The Pels are back. Phoenix is always going to be in there. Golden State's going to be in there. Clips are going to be in there. Um, Dallas, L.A. starting 0-3. Love that. I'm excited to see where things go this season, and, and especially for the Wizards, of course, where things go for them. Um, as far as any other major headlines to cover before we start wrapping things up, I mean, not much. There was that weird uh, video that went around of the refs Two, two refs asking Mike Evans for an autograph after the, the game against the Panthers. Um, it was the side judge and the line judge. And this was just kind of weird 
because I, I just didn't even think that this would be allowed. You know, I, I, apparently they, there is a agreement where officials can get autographs, team merchandise, and memorabilia for charitable endeavors. But those requests must be made through the league's officiating department and not in person. So I guess officials can go go and get autographs, but it needs to be for charity. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. It, it, but this was a very weird video to see, to see two officials going up to Evans, getting his autograph, NFL's looking into it. I mean, yeah, you obviously can't have that. The conspiracy folks are going bananas. You you see the officials getting an autograph for the guy from the other team after the game. You're going, what the hell? Like that that is just not a good look. Uh, so we'll see what happens there. Um, I know that Zion Williams took a, Williamson took a hard fall in their game, so. Right now, I think they're still looking to see how he, if he plays on Tuesday or not. Obviously, a guy that could not stay healthy uh, in the past. We'll see. He's been off to a, a pretty decent start to the season, so you'd love to see if he can stay healthy and see what he can really do. Um, but, yeah, you know, I, I'd say that's that's most of the major headlines here uh, as far as the teams go. I do not have a, another final lap for you, but I do have our money line segment sponsored by DraftKings. DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is coming to Maryland for those Maryland listeners of this show here in the DMV. Uh, but you don't have to wait to get in on the action right now. New customers who sign up with code DC Crossover. Again, that's a DC crossover. We'll receive $200 in free bets on launch day after registering. Plus, five lucky customers will, will, will win a $100,000 free bet on launch day. Jesus. Uh, it won't be long until you can bet same game parlays, money lines, props, spreads, and more right here in the state of Maryland with DraftKings Sportsbook. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and sign up with code DC Crossover. That's code DC Crossover only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER. You must be 21 years or older. Physically present in Maryland. Eligibility restrictions apply. Subject to regulatory licensing requirements. See DraftKings.com MD for full terms and conditions. One per customer. Bonus issued as free bets. No purchase necessary for sweepstake. Void where prohibited ends. First day, DraftKings is allowed to operate in Maryland. See terms at dkng.co slash, that's probably .com slash md. dkng.com slash md. DraftKings Sportsbook, $200 in free bets on launch day. Register with our code DC Crossover. Our picks here this week, Mike did not, he was supposed to text me his picks. He did not get them to me in time. He is on fire right now in our little uh, DraftKings bets here. So I need to turn around my lock this week. I'm going Ohio State minus 15 and a half against Penn State. I, I know I've been cold here on the picks. Ohio State is just so good. 
I, I do think some people will say, ah, Penn State's defense, will they be able to, you know, blah, blah, blah. Ohio State, minus 15 and a half versus Penn State. I think they cover that. My dog, I'm going Panthers-Falcons. I'm riding this high when it comes to Carolina right now. Um, there's a lot of good feelings happening for Panther Nation. And Atlanta is just okay. So, yeah, I'm taking the Panthers plus five underdogs, I guess, against Atlanta. Um, which is funny. I mean, obviously, like, part of, I, I understand that Carolina is, like, selling off all their good players. So I'm not an idiot. Um, and I understand that's part of why they would be an underdog, but they just beat the Bucks, so why not? I don't know. I mean, PJ Walker, PJ Walker, he's he's gonna get another start. I'm interested. I'm intrigued, and uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna take them plus five against the Falcons. That is our DraftKings money line. Uh, yeah. Besides that, I mean. I wanted to look at the schedule ahead for the Wizards before we depart. We should be back to a normal show next week, by the way. So Mike will be here. I have a snack to taste test. I want to hear about his trip. So back to normal shows, but just wanted to give you something tonight. Uh, oh, yeah, the Wizards, I will actually be attending this game. They'll be playing the Pistons tomorrow. Uh, and then they get Indiana on Friday, and that'll be an ESPN game. So looking forward to that, 730 on Friday, ESPN game, Benedict. Matherin and Tyrese Halliburton in town uh, here. And, and that's actually, I mean, that might be something to look at ticket-wise if I were you uh, because the tickets are probably pretty cheap because it's Indiana, but that's a, that's a worthwhile game to go see. And then Sunday, Washington is in Boston. The very, very good Boston Celtics. Would love a little upset, uh, That would, that's for sure. Um, well, that about does it. Be sure to follow the show on TikTok at the DC Cross. Uh, sorry, at DC Crossover Podcast on TikTok. Uh, follow. We got a YouTube channel as well on Twitter at the DC Crossover and at Sarone sixteen. Subscribe, rate, review, all that good stuff. We will see you next week. This has been another episode of the DC Crossover.